But the hour is coming, he says, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Our worship is initiated by the Spirit of God within us. I don't even have it within myself to worship God, except the Spirit of God is doing it in me. All exclaiming in his Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Jesus pointed this woman to a time when worship would no longer be focused on places. The greater work of Jesus would bring a greater, more spiritual worship. With these words, Jesus described the basis for true worship, and it is not found in places but in spirit and in truth. To worship in spirit means you are concerned with spiritual reality, not so much with places or outward sacrifices. To worship in truth means you worship according to the whole counsel of God's word, especially in light of the New Testament revelation. It also means that you come to God in truth, not in pretense or in a mere display of spirituality. Now here's Pastor Rob. Because I had been approached many times, but there was one moment in that Cadillac as I sat and my friend read the scriptures to me and zapped me right between the eyes with the scripture. It was the teeth of the gospel that broke me. The part that nobody likes to talk about, but we can't. Not share that. So verse 19, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Notice how she's changing the subject? Go get your husband. (laughs) I don't have a husband. Oh, you've had five husbands, and the one you're with is not your husband either. I think you're a prophet. Let's talk about something else. (laughs) Quickly deflecting, which is very natural, right? Our fathers, notice she keeps on her deflection. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Now, Mount Gerizim, which is in Samaria, once belonged to the ten tribes of Israel. You remember, after the kingdom, uh, after the kingdom split after Solomon's reign, the northern ten tribes and the southern two tribes, well, up here in Samaria, which is also called Israel, and then Judah, which was Judah and Benjamin, they, had, they actually built their own uh, replica or a, a temple in, uh, Mount, on Mount Gerizim. And this is what she's referring to. She says, our father worshipped on this mountain. It wasn't there at the time that Jesus was there because around 108 B.C., a gentleman by the name of John Hyrcanus, he was a Hasmonean ruler, he destroyed that temple. And so now... 140 years goes by, and now Jesus and this woman are at the well, and she's saying, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. And yes, Jerusalem was and is the place where people ought to worship. And there's a a lot of scripture 
to, to back that up, and we won't spend a great deal of time here, but God says, the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place. And we know that ultimately that was in Jerusalem. And you can look at those two passages, and it speaks very clearly of, of first it was Shiloh, and then, um, and then in Jerusalem. And the tabernacle did spend some time in the town of Nob, as we read in 1 Samuel. But ultimately, Jerusalem was the place where God had ordained for there to be worship, not somewhere else. In fact, that was one of the things that got the northern ten tribes in a lot of trouble. Remember with Jeroboam? He decided to break away from Judah and Benjamin and create his own centers of worship. One in Dan and then one in Bethel. And they set up golden calves. Golden calves to worship these demonic deities. It got them into a lot of trouble. So verse 21, So Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, Jesus says, for salvation is of the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. You know, it's interesting that people worship a lot of things. There are a lot of churches across America today, and in the world for that matter, that have a Jesus of their own making. Not a biblical Jesus, but a Jesus of their own making. There are people right now in Rochester that are worshiping a Jesus that allows an unmarried heterosexual couple to continue living in their sin. They serve a Jesus where a, 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 um, a homosexual couple can continue to live in their sin and be married in the church. They serve a Jesus that is okay with abortion. They serve a Jesus that's okay with pornography. But is that the Jesus of the Bible? No. He hates all of those things. He hates them. And how dare the church come along and say it's okay. And yet there are many that do. Shame on them. Right? We don't have the right to intersperse what we think. We don't have the right to create a new Jesus. We can if we want. Yeah. False teachers. But we, we worship the Jesus of the Bible because that is the accurate, true Jesus. That's who he really is, right? And you know it because you worship him. We worship him together. And there's such a joy and a peace when we worship the true Jesus Christ. None of this other stuff where he's just like, ah, whatever, just have fun, kids. It's all love. All you need is love. Dun, 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 dun. You know, no. You need Jesus. That's all you need. <laughs> Jesus is all you need. But the hour is coming, he says, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Our worship is initiated by the Spirit of God within us. I don't even have it within myself to worship God, except the Spirit of God is doing it in me. Seriously, God has done everything, and the Spirit of God in me is initiating that worship. And I worship Him, and I'm glad to worship Him, and I love to worship Him. Remember what it says in um, John chapter 15, speaking of the Spirit of God. 
Because we have to worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. What does that mean? We have to worship him in spirit. Meaning led by the Holy Spirit. Not by any other spirit. Has anybody been in a worship service where there's another spirit at work? Yeah. People running, screaming and barking like dogs and flapping their arms like we, you know, eagles and, you know, and slithering on the floor between chairs and stuff like that. It happens. And it's happened. Is that the spirit of God working? I don't I don't believe it is. We're his masterpiece. He doesn't cause his children to act like animals. You don't see it in the, in the Bible anywhere. But notice what it says in John 15. But when the Helper comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, what is he going to do? He's going to testify of me, Jesus says. He's going to testify of me. So if we're in a worship service and someone else is being testified of, if we're giving more glory to the pastor, if we're giving more glory to the worship team or some fancy speaker, and again, there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but if we're giving glory to them instead of Jesus, that's a different Jesus. Because the Spirit of God has come and it says, He will testify of me. And what does he say in John chapter 16? However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. And here it is. He will glorify me, Jesus says. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Our worship also must be in truth. We worship God according to the truth of who he is. And what we read in the word of God. Do our worship service... Do our worship services resemble what's in the book of Acts and what we see in the Bible? Or is it completely aberrant and very different from it? If it is, then I need to ask some questions and I need to make some changes, right? It has to be according to truth. The truth of the Word of God and the truth of who He is. I worship him based on the truth of who he is. And how, I'm gonna, how am I going to know that unless I know the truth? Right? Is this the truth or is this just a, eh, it's a New York Times bestseller? No, it's the truth. It's the book of all books. The best. So the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. This Greek word uh, for Messiah is Messias, which is the Greek form of the Hebrew word Mashiach. And Christ is Christos. Love that. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And we know this in John 14 when Jesus again is talking about the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. He will teach you all things. And the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, they are one. They are not three separate. They are one. Amen? So Jesus, verse 26, said to her, I, he said, I who speak to you am he. So she says, I know that when Messiah comes, he's going to show us all things. And Jesus blows her mind and says, I'm that one. Go ahead and look in the prophets. 
He could have opened, if he had the, he, he is the word of God embodied, he could have just said, remember back in Genesis 3 verse 15? Do you remember back, you know, in, in Genesis 49 verse 10, that the scepter wouldn't depart from Judah? I came from Judah. My lineage is, is in the Bible. I, came, I was born in Bethlehem, went to Nazareth, went down to Egypt, came back. It's all there, all the prophecies. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be thousands of amongst the Judah, yet out of thee, out of you, will come forth this one. It's all about me, Jesus would say. And he could have said to her, He plainly and clearly proclaims that he is God in the flesh. And truly, isn't this the reason for this gospel? The whole crux of this whole gospel is this, in one verse. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. And every one of the Jews knew that the Messiah would be equal with God. That is why in John chapter 10, verse 27, they were attempting to stone Jesus. Remember what he said to them. He said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, that they may never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. What is your security today in Christ? Is it, I hope so, or is it eternally secure? If Jesus says that nobody can snatch you out of his hand, I'd say that's pretty, you got every confidence of where you're at. And see, that's the confidence that God wants you to have. He doesn't want you walking around thinking, oh, I hope so, I just don't know if I've done enough good things. No, you believe on the Son, you believe on Christ, and then you will be saved, and you are eternally saved. And he doesn't take that back away from you. You may still mess up, but I would encourage you to get your heart right with him and continue working, continue letting him work out that salvation that he has already worked in you. Doesn't the Bible say, work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and then to do of his good pleasure. That's what I need to do. I need to continue to not just you know, sit in my pity party with my pillow. No, I need to get up and put my boots, <laughs> lift my bootstraps. I need to get my heart right. I need to get into the Word. I need to get into prayer. I need to start studying the Bible again. I need to start thinking about others instead of just me, me, me. You know, there's a secret there when you serve other people, when you serve and do other things for other people. You, don't, you stop thinking about yourself. And what a blessed person you are when you stop thinking about you. The most depressing time of my life is when I've been thinking about me. Can you relate to that? The more I think about me, the more depressed I get. And God's like, well, why don't you just go serve somebody? Go do something. Go buy groceries for that woman who's shut in. Do something, and, and, and then you do it, and then you're like blessed. It's not about you. And you feel blessed as a result. You know it in your heart. And it's contagious, isn't it, when you do that, when you're other-centered, just like Jesus was. He was all other centered. But notice what it goes on. He says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch him out of my Father's hand. Notice what he says. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones to stone him. They knew exactly what he was saying. They knew that he was claiming equality with God. Otherwise, they would have taken up stones. They were going to stone him for blasphemy. But why didn't they look into the Scriptures? 
Why didn't they look and find out? Could this really be? What does the Bible say about who Jesus is? Who is this Messiah? Where is he going to be born? Where is he going to come from? Does he fit the check boxes? I mean, they could have done that. They could have walked around with their clipboard and said, well, he's got to, he's, he's got to be born here. He's got to go, you know, and they just go through all the prophecies. Yep, he went through. This, I think it is him. And behold, it is. There are many times in the Bible where Jesus made himself known. Has he revealed himself to you this morning? Even afresh, again. Don't be discouraged. Folks, we live in a very difficult time. We live in a difficult time in history in our country. We live in a very difficult time. I want to encourage you to run after the Lord. I want to encourage you to draw near to Him. Draw near to Him. Even if you've been a Christian for many years, re-examine the heart. Let's all do that. Let's re-examine our hearts again. And let's also re-examine our heart about other people too. Because they need to be born again. Just like we needed to be born again. And don't take the teeth out of the gospel. Jesus didn't take the teeth out of the gospel. He confronted that, that woman in love. Do you know the difference? Are you able to do that? Can you ask God to give you that heart to be able to talk to somebody that those kind of, nobody likes, everyone likes to skirt around that stuff. Nobody likes to talk about it, but it must be talked about. Where are you going when you die? How many people enjoy that conversation? I want to get to the other part of the conversation. Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. He died, you know. That's the part I want to get to, but don't leave out the other part. That is the teeth of the gospel. That's what brings a man or a woman to their knees. That's what brought me to my knees, and it will bring others to their knees because if you're not sick, then you don't need the physician. But the Bible concludes all under the same thing, that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we are all in this together, aren't we? (laughs) Think about it. We are all in this together on this big rock (laughs) that is revolving around the sun. (laughs) and We can't get off yet. We're all in this together. And God's like, save as many as you can. Reach out to as many as you can. Because after all, isn't that the Great Commission? And we'll end with this today. What does it say in Mark 28? I'm sorry, Matthew 28. It's the very last couple of verses. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven. And on earth. And here's the command for all of us. Go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples. A disciple is a believer. And when you disciple them, you're encouraging them closer and you're, you're, you're reading with them. You're studying the Bible together. You're making a disciple. 
make disciples of all nations, and then baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am, all, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, which we are at the end of the age. Does it even feel like the end of the age? It does. It feels like the end of the age. Some days I wake up and I'm like, Lord, I don't know how you can not come back today. But there are people decades ago that felt the same way. And we don't know the time or the hour. But until then, until then, let, it re, let the Lord revigorate you in your faith. And let's get out there. And that's why on July 11th, that's why we're going to go out. And we're going to do it systematically. Don't worry. There's, there's really no fear. If you've never done that kind of thing, don't fear. Because you can, we go two by two, and maybe we'll pair you up with somebody who has done that or feels comfortable doing it. I remember I took my daughter, and if she hears this, she'd probably be cringing. But I remember taking her with me. And for the first several houses, I'd say, hey, do you want to share at this next door? And she'd go, no, 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 you share. And so I would share. And then, and then she, we were walking from one house to the next, and she said, you know what, I think I can do it. And I'm like, I know you can do it. And so, you know what? The very next house, she started opening her mouth. And they were more receptive to her than they would, would have been to me. And I thought to myself, wow, I've got to keep you around. She lost her fear in sharing. And you can too. Don't fear. There's no need to fear. Amen. Let's stand. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we want to thank you, Lord, for this passage. And we thank you for the truth of your word. And we thank you, Lord, that you didn't just say, come to me without any conditions, Lord. Um, we do need to be aware of our sin. Otherwise, we don't need a physician if we're, if, we, if we're whole. But none of us are whole. So thank you for drawing us, God. And pray that you continue to do that. And we pray that, Lord, we would be your ambassadors now. Lord, that we would be those people, that light on a hill. Lord, that we would be those, those that will go out and share the truth and love to all those around us who are in so, such great need of salvation. Lord, how we pray that you'd prepare the hearts of all of us and everyone around this church for miles. Lord, we pray that you would prepare their hearts for July when we go out. Lord, that you would guide and direct us, that you would begin to, even right now, give them a heart, a desire to draw near to you, Lord, to really come to the end of themselves. Lord, would you prepare them so that when we knock on that door, God, and we want to hand a Bible to them if they don't have one, we want to share with them some information and ask them for prayer or, or be willing to pray for them, Lord, that their hearts would already be ready. Lord, your word says, you said, the field is white for harvest, but the laborers are few. Lord, help us to be those laborers. And thank you for the example that you gave us here in this passage this morning, that you went out of your way to breaking all kinds of social rules And Lord, reaching a people that were unreached. So we thank you for that. Please give us that heart. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen. God bless you. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.